It is an earnings extravaganza here on Fast Money tonight. Ford, Visa, PayPal, Gilead, Qualcomm, and Advanced Micro all on the move in the after-hour session. We've got full team coverage across the board. Reporters listening in on those conference calls, bringing you the instant reaction from Wall Street. And, of course, there is the big kahuna, and that, of course, is Facebook. The stock getting crushed following a big revenue and daily active user miss. The stock shedding around $50 billion in market cap in just the last half hour. Julia Borston and Gene Munster are monitoring the call. We will get them in just a few minutes, but we start with hopes of victory in the trade war. Stocks soaring into the close. The Dow jumping more than 170 points. The Nasdaq closing at a record high. The S&P 500 now within a hair of its record high. Let's get to Kayla Tausche in D.C. with the very latest details. Kayla. Melissa, after several hours behind closed doors, delegations from the U.S. and the European Union hammered out an agreement to begin a dialogue to talk about lowering tariffs across the board for non-auto industrial goods, in the president's words. Uh, also, uh, they are going to talk about sending more U.S. soybeans and natural gas to Europe. And according to President Trump, in response to that, each side will lay down the weapons that they've been using in this trade war. We also will resolve the steel and aluminum tariff issues, and we will resolve retaliatory tariffs. We have some tariffs that are retaliatory, and that will get resolved as part of what we're doing. According to the European Commission President Jean-Claude Juncker, who spoke just after the president, he said that so long as both sides continue negotiating, there will be no new tariffs Put in place. That would seem to suggest that the U.S. will not go forward with auto tariffs that the president has been suggesting to punish Europe uh, for unfair trade, as he sees it, in the auto industry. We will see whether that is actually how this trade negotiation plays out, because I heard from a European Commission spokesperson right around the time that the two leaders were speaking and asked about the trade deal specifically. She said no concessions are made, and essentially, this is a deal to keep talking. But for now, Melissa, this is good news for the market. It buys the U.S. and Europe some time to work out their differences uh, without having this play out uh, in real time and with real business at stake. To be clear, Kayla, the steel and aluminum tariffs, those will remain in effect until they are officially resolved? That is what we understand. The White House put those in place for Europe just on June 1st. Europe had been exempt initially because some of these negotiations were going on. And the two biggest priorities for the European Union in coming to Washington today, number one, to get those steel and aluminum tariffs to be rolled back for Europe, and number two, to keep any new auto tariffs from being put in place. It would seem that they were able to win both of those items. All right, Kayla, thank you. Kayla Tausche in Washington. So given these developments, simple question tonight. Is Trump winning the trade war, Guy? Is Trump winning the trade war? Well, the market seems to indicate that the President Trump in the United States winning the trade war right now, right? Our market's effectively unchanged. Chinese markets, despite the rally, is still down probably 15 to 16 percent. So if you look through that lens, yeah, I guess we are winning the trade war. I'm not certain there are winners at the end of the day, but given the context of your question, our market seems like it wants to take out the highs we made in January. So the things we talk about in the market, and given that spectrum, we are winning, yes. Well, and if you think about what's accompanied this, we've had comments about the Fed. We've had comments about the dollar. We've had comments about some of the places where the economy actually was most concerned. So in other words, we've pushed back on the Fed. Uh, right now, it looks like we're getting three hikes, not four, in 2018. You've got a dollar that was a runaway train, but now is absolutely failed at 95. So um, at a time when we're getting largely fantastic earnings, um, we're looking like we want to chase, excuse me, chase or trace or retrace, whatever you want to say, 2876 on the S&P is right around the corner. You know, uh, we're winning. I would say we are winning. Have we won? No, because I think this is the very earliest, earliest stages, so that would be way too premature to say something like that. But the markets itself, I think, speak for themselves. I mean, the reactions that we've seen, and we're starting to see the reactions in terms of the earnings themselves. I love the fact that we have focused. The financials came out. Look at what, who outperformed last week. It was the financials. And then you look through, and now we're getting more and more towards not just the industrial. That was because of the steepening yield curve, though. Well, I think that there's no doubt about that. I mean, that helped, but I th they also produced numbers that I think everybody looked at and said, you know what, these are pretty daggone big numbers. Were. And the industrials have look looked a little bit better. And take a look not just at FANG, because that's what we always focus on, but how about the fact that today we see Microsoft leading the Dow? How about if we see Cisco? Some of the other names, old names, including Intel, throwing a mic around, there are names that outside of FANG are working right now.
I mean, for there to be no more, no, no further escalation, let me put it that way, with Europe, that's a win for the markets. It, it totally is. I mean, listen, but I'm not sure the markets are the proper lens to think about it. You know, when we think about, like, autos was one of the most heavily affected by mm -hmm. this kind of tit-for-tat with Europe, when you think about, you know, the president used to talk about, like, the German automakers. He was talking about it just yesterday. Um, you know, BMW has their largest factory here in South Carolina. So when you think about what those tariffs mean, and they export them, obviously, to Europe, to Asia, to all over the place, you know, a 25% tariff really puts our workers at risk. And that's why it's actually really important. I'm just saying it's very complicated. So... I don't know if the market is the best lens. I think that if this thing were to not kind of play out as, as a win right here, if they don't settle this with Europe, then we know that we still have to do Canada. We still have to do Mexico. Those are massive trading partners for us. We think about this $380 billion trade deficit we have with China. You know, it's much bigger. We trade much more with our border partners here. So this is just one step here. And, you know, the president calling Europe our foe last week when he was in Europe, this is the easiest one for him to kind of, kind of get a win here, I think, personally, yeah. because that was the leverage he was trying to use. Well, I, I mean, look, Juncker, I, I, he was not backing down coming into this. I mean, he said stuff like these tariffs are stupid. He said we need to talk to each other, not at each other, et cetera, et cetera. And, and let's face it, if nothing gets done, I'm not sure we're going to have this, this, you know, this kind of a commentary. But what we're pointing out here is if the U.S. has been aggressive in the face of what have been, let's, let's call them uh, disadvantaged trade uh, relationships across the world, and now there's conversations where they're going to improve and there are no tariffs that ultimately go through, it's a great deal. If now we're subsidizing soy farmers and American people are actually paying for that, it's not a good, it's not a good trade. Listen, Dan makes a good point. It, the market's probably not the best lens, but our, this show is tasked with talking about the market. So right. for the function of this show, that's really the only lens that I should really talk about. I mean, I'm not qualified—frankly, I'm not qualified to talk about the market, as you know, over the last 11 years. But I'm definitely <laughs> not qualified to look at it through a geopolitical lens. But in terms of the market, I mean, you see what's going on here today specifically. Yeah. On a day where the market could have easily been down, S&P well, closes up significantly, Dow's up 200 points. And let's just see—I mean, the lens today was very clear. Where were we right when that news sort of broke, that this is starting to maybe start to get worked through? We went from being down, what, 50, 70 points, yeah. something like that, so to 150 yeah. points to the upside. Yeah, so there was yeah. reaction. Right or wrong, there was a reaction well, a, to what they were seeing. You know, I'll say this. you got to give it to him. If this works out, let's say we settle it with Europe. We right. do NAFTA the way that, that, that he would like to and everyone would. Yeah. And then the, China, the Chinese thing resolves itself, and he really did use the 30 percent gains that he had in—this is going back to the markets, okay—in the U.S. stock market to kind of negotiate a difficult situation and we get the trade deals that, that everybody feels good about, then it's genius. That, is, that Dan, is Dan patting our president on yeah. the no, back? No, no, I don't think he's quite going that far. He said, said if. But he, yeah, he said, <laughs> what I'm saying is, though, I'm embracing it a little bit, maybe. I don't think, think anybody likes the way that he's gone about it. I think there's ways in diplomatic manners that, that yeah. don't piss off everybody around them to do this. And so, But if it works out, it's a big if. That, we can't then, prove then, the negative, though. What's I mean, we can't. We can't say that if you had used diplomatic means, the outcome would have been the same or would have been better or whatnot. His his argument is that we've been trying to do that, that for 50 years unsuccessfully. I, I mean, that, the, that's why the man was elected president to a large extent. Yeah. You know, he will say, we've tried to do it your way for 50 years. Let's try to do it my way. And, and regardless of what you think about him and his administration, his way appears to be working. For now, yep. One company in the crosshairs of that trade war, Ford, the stock initially getting a boost off the headlines, but now sinking after uh, hours with the company reporting earnings moments ago. Phil LeBeau just spoke with the company CFO. Phil. And, Melissa, right now we're looking at shares of Ford potentially dropping below $10 a share for the first time since 2012. Ford's earnings, which came out within the last hour, forget about the second quarter. They fell $0.04 cents short. The real news here is that this company is lowering its expectation for full-year earnings. The previous guidance was for the company to earn between $1.45 and $1.70. Now it says it's going to earn between $1.30 and $1.50, so basically bringing it down about 11%. The real problem, operations and losses in Europe and in China. Those are two areas where the company has struggled mightily over the last three months in particular, but really over the last six months. And with regard to what's happening with tariffs and the cost impact for the company, think about this. The company says that it is going to, or has experienced, cost impact of between $500 million and $600 million due to tariff and trade-related issues. Here's Bob Shank, CFO of Ford, talking about some of those issues. We had, uh, you know, really strong performance uh, versus expectations uh, in North America and in, uh, in Ford Credit. 
Uh, and that's despite the drag that uh, is within North America related to uh, the increase in commodity costs related to uh, tariff-related uh, issues. Uh, but we have had issues and challenges in China, firstly, but also in Europe. Bob Shank saying that $500, $600 million cost impact potentially. As you take a look at the big three, all of them reported today. All of them lowered their guidance for the rest of the year. Trade, a big component of why those companies are lowering their estimates for full-year earnings. Uh, Melissa, the bottom line is this. It's pushing up costs, and they're noticing an impact there. The problem is not demand. There are plenty of people right. who want to buy new vehicles. The problem is on the cost side of the equation. All right, Phil, thank you. Phil LeBeau in Chicago for us. Volumes haven't been affected, in other words. They're not saying few, no, people no, are buying cars. It's the cost. But in you fact, wonder if, if the trade war got settled. Well, overnight. Uh, yes and no. Let's be clear. I mean, the auto trade has been a terrible trade for a long time. Ford's been an awful investment for the last four years. This was a $17.50 stock. Um, I, as uh, you know, I'm sure it's very clear to a lot of people that watch this show, I've been pretty bullish on GM for the last couple of years. And frankly, I think you get to a place where as long as these guys continue to, to assert what they're doing on the top line, the long-term vision, Mary Barra said this today, we're trying to get uh, autonomous out, off, you know, at least we want to be out there in that space. They're reaffirming a long-term commitment. Meanwhile, operationally, their margins are fine. But headwinds on trade, headwinds on FX meant they took $5 billion down to $4 billion. That's major. But I think these stocks are cheap. But they, out, they signaled that to us today, right? I mean, they lowered what they thought their future earnings were going to be from like 630 to 660 down to $6. So I think now that we've got that in front of us, the stock was off 7%, I believe. Now it's off 3.5%, maybe 4.5%. I like GM here. Ford, I, I've been less After attracted this to. Decline, I, absolutely, but I already own the stock. And but but I think looking forward, when you look at where do they, where's their most profitable area? It's in SUVs and it's in pickup trucks, and that's going to continue, I think, for them. Because here we are at record levels of ter yeah. in terms of auto sales. All right, coming up, it is a big story of the after-hour session. Facebook getting absolutely crushed following its earnings report. The company shedding 50 billion dollars in market cap. That's a decline of more than nine percent right now. Tech guru Gene Munster will be here for instant reaction. Plus, another. Another huge story breaking within the hour. The longtime CEO of Gilead, one of the largest biotech companies, announcing he will step down as the company reports results. We will bring you the latest on that story as well. And who could forget about our one true love? <laughs> We're talking about Bitcoin, of course. But as the crypto has soared on hopes that Wall Street is finally getting on board the crypto craze, blockchain capitals Spencer Bogart says they could all be smoke and mirrors. He will be here to explain. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in New York City's Times Square. Much more Fast Money on this very busy night. Welcome back to Fast Money. Facebook tanking after hours. The company conference calls underway. CEO Mark Zuckerberg just revealed a key metric. Julia Borson's got more. Julia. Yes, Melissa, a metric that Facebook has never revealed before is $2.5 billion. Now, that's how many people, Mark Zuckerberg says, use at least one of Facebook's apps every month. Now, for context, just over 2.2 billion users use Facebook every month. We have 1 billion users using Instagram. So 2.5 billion is how many people use one of those apps, which could include Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, Zuckerberg saying this is individual people instead of active accounts, so you're not going to have duplicates in there. And it, he says it's a more accurate sense of just how big and wide-reaching Facebook is. The call is still ongoing. Sheryl Sandberg is starting to talk. We're going to jump back on the call, and we'll be back to you, Melissa, with more later in the hour. All back right, Julia, you. thank you. We'll see you then. Um, Dan, actually, you called this decline in the shares last week. Yeah, you know, without breaking my arm, pat myself on the back. I mean, the stock's trading where it was like two weeks ago. So, I mean, literally, it just went parabolic. You know, when it broke out at 195 um, to new highs, I think it's up 45% from those April lows uh, post that Cambridge Analytica scandal. I mean, here's the thing. I think this enthusiasm um, just got a little um, a little too much. So when you think about it, what are we focused on here? U.S. and Canada, 185 million users. It's kind of plateaued over the last year. And so the issue is ad loads. How much can they monetize their existing users? That's why they're ad, uh, giving us new metrics. I think it's really important to remember that their average revenue per user in the U.S. and Canada is almost 3x that of Europe. So when you think about GDPR, the regulations over there, cost Causing users to decline, um, it's not the biggest deal in the world. I, I'm just saying. So really the issue is what is the fallout from all the, expen uh, the expense expenses that they have to deal with this election that's coming up, to deal with all the issues that they had? They told us last year they were doubling employees on security from 10,000 to 20,000. We know it's going to hit but margins are, Margins are not the issue for this company. Let's be clear. I mean, and to me, you know, I'm not, I haven't been real bullish on this last run of Facebook, so I've been wrong. 
But you have to point out that this is, for the scale these guys have, for the size of this company, this is arguably the most compelling story of breadth, of profitability, of growth, and, and the ability to actually have margins. So, I mean, they're, they're north 60% on the margins. Yeah, they've been squeezed a little bit. But, I mean, that's the story. Now, the big issue for me is existential. Are these guys going through a place where the, the centralized platform is, is the parasite? And, I, you know, I think there's a lot of people that feel that. What do you do with the 9% decline? Uh, buy it. You do? Uh, yeah, I, I, like, I love the verticals. And like you mentioned, we've pulled all the way back to where it was two weeks ago. I mean, I was just looking at about July 6th. It was trading right around this $200 level. But I think, Mel, I think the focus was and the, the anticipation was, hey, they're probably going to miss on some of the monthly active users some, and the daily active users. So I think that should have been expected. It looks like the reaction is telling us it wasn't. So everybody's selling it off. I think that creates opportunity. This is a company that trades at a very reasonable multiple, continues to grow at an incredible pace. Instagram, Messenger, WhatsApp, all of that, and the fact that they're going to be moving more and more into the video side of things. I think this thing is very cheap at 200 bucks. What we start the show with last night, I'm getting old, so I forget. But we we started with a game. Remember the, yeah, the traded buy or it or trade it or into earnings with the, with the duck. Faded no. duck, the red duck. Faded. Faded. Don't get me started. Yeah, and we, and we, we started, we started with Facebook. Said, Facebook. We, yes. And we said, listen, I think it rallies in earnings, and I think I thought it was going to rally post earnings and then faded. So we got it half right. That doesn't really count. But you look <laughs> at the quarter. I shot that duck just to be clear. Huh? I shot that duck dead. That's not how you play the game, Tim. You, that was a call, different this game. This is pot calling the kettle <laughs> black. Anyway. I don't think, listen, if you look, they didn't miss revenues by all that. It was a miss. They didn't Barely. miss by all that much, and they beat on the EPS. I mean, it's, it's, the, D, it's, it's the DAU. It is. So it's not a disastrous quarter. The point is, it's rallied from 145 in March, April to $218. A record. That was a significant yeah. move. I don't know if you buy at 197, but it's. I think you know if it gets down to 185, 190, 50% retracement of that entire. But I think move you don't get that. Gets you might not. Right. I, I, I think it's important to remember there were years and years that Google really underperformed uh, all these other big tech stocks in, right. back in 014, 15, and it happened when they started ratcheting up spending. And these, the spending that they're doing right now, this is Facebook. They're doing because they have to, based on your existential risks that are think at some point is going to be priced in here. So this is one that could be in the doghouse for a while. It has to hold. This breakout level, which was 196. All right, for more on Facebook, let's bring in Fast Money friend Gene Munster of Loop Ventures, who joins us from Minneapolis. Look, he's on the call already with that cool. red phone. Gene, red good to yeah. see you. Um, is this roughly 9% decline in the after-hours session? Is that warranted given the miss on DAUs? I think it's definitely warranted. The miss on DAUs is critical. I just want to remind, this is a social platform, and we talk about the expense piece, but engagement is paramount. Whenever you see a company start to change their metrics and come out with a new metric like they did tonight, to me, that's an indication. I think they have outstanding management, but as they're trying to change the conversation, and they know full well that they're running into some law of large numbers, and also GDPR in terms of the impact to engagement. So I think that that is a critical question about how this story plays out. I suspect that that uh, concern, uh -huh. and keep in mind, they just rolled out Europe as they roll that out to other countries, is going to kind of weigh on investors' optimism on the story over the next couple months. Why do you think Wall Street, why do you think investors missed the impact of GDPR on Europe? They told us it was going to happen last quarter. They couldn't have been more clear. And the reason why they missed it is when they've said negative or cautionary comments in the past, they always blew right through them. And so as an, a former analyst that covered Facebook, you would look at that and say they're just trying to keep the bar low, and the analysts just uh, simply ran ahead. But I think that there's going to be some adjustments to some models tonight that are going to have more moderate uh, DAU and MAU growth for the next few quarters. Another adjustment to the models, would that be spending? I mean, didn't Facebook already guide to an increase of between 40 and 60 percent going into this quarter? And Facebook hit it right in the middle. The adjustment that I'm talking about is bringing some of their MAU and DAU, right, some right. of those engagement in, numbers in addition down to that, In addition to that, will, be, yep. will there be an adjustment to the spending I think expectations? That there will. Mm -hmm. The stock took a little bit of a turn in the last few minutes. It was down called 7%, drifted down 9%, right when Zuckerberg said that they're going to be having more, uh, that the fact that they're going to invest in security and continue to invest in new products is going to be negative for profitability, which tells me that obviously is code for, even though that they've given that uh, expense guidance, there may need to be some additional expenses that analysts are going to have to load into the model. What's your grade on the quarter, Gene? 
I'm going to say this is a C plus, and the reason is that this company has gone and has historically blown through the numbers. We didn't see that this on the top line, a miss on the important engagement number. I'm glad to hear Mark Zuckerberg talking about some of the, the, the debate around the social value in Facebook, but putting it all together, it's a C plus. All right. Gene, thank you. Gene Munster of Loop thank Ventures. You. He runs a tough class. I mean, I tell you, he that's does. a professor well, I didn't, again, I didn't want to take to him to college. In fact, I would have cut that class. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did. That's C probably plus why I can't talk be, about the stock now, Pete. For a stock that is, was at a record Facebook. high. Exactly. That's, a that's Facebook failing. C plus. That's a failing That's grade. like you getting a B plus, and it's the same thing. You're Never miserable. Happened. Never I think happened. for the, if you look at uh, over the litany of companies, that's probably a B to B plus quarter. For Facebook, though, it is a C At a record high, yeah. You know what's really funny? Gene said something really important. They've been telling us since November 1st last year that they are going to ratchet up spending on all of these sorts sure, of issues. Yeah. So they've been very forthright. Where they haven't done a good job is all these other issues, kind of explaining some of the questions they have about the utility of the platform and some of the risks that they have going forward. And listen, let's let's just remember this, that that first week in November, what happens in our midterm elections, this is going to be probably the most important event for this company going forward. And won't that be big? I mean, I would expect that to be huge. I think where I disagree with Gene and his C-plus grade right now is not because I own the stock, which I do, so I am talking my book, but it's the narrative that he said, well, they've pushed away from what they'd always focused on in the past. To a new metric. To a different metric. That Isn't I that concerning? Well, let me ask you this. If, if I'm an Apple, like Gene and I have always agreed in this right. whole Apple discussion, but he went away from the phone and said, hey, look, it's about services. It's about wearables. It's about a lot of other things, not just the phone anymore. And now I think the rest of the world has embraced that, which is why Apple. the phone is not important. Take a look at services instead. No, they did not no, do that. They didn't com completely divert it, but they still had growth. It wasn't the growth that everybody expected, but I, I look at this company and I'm thinking to myself, they have so many verticals right now where they can make money. Two million advertisers on Instagram. Yeah. So just yeah. to be clear, I mean, it's, it's Instagram is now a business that they should be talking and should probably, you've got six million total advertisers in, in, uh, in the combination of Instagram and the rest of the platform. I, that's that's impressive. We'll see if they update us on Instagram by uh, the end of the show. Still ahead, another huge story. Chip giant Qualcomm says it will terminate its NXP deal at midnight and instead buy back stock. Take a look at the shares, up 6.7%. We'll get all the details straight ahead. I'm Melissa Lee. You're watching Fast Money on CNBC, first in business worldwide. In the meantime, here's what else is coming up on Fast. As Bitcoin continues to surge, a top crypto hedge fund manager says it needs to clear one key level before it can really move. And he will reveal what that is when Fast Money returns. Welcome back to Fast Money. Visa and PayPal reporting after the bell today. Seema Modi's got that, plus the latest analyst reaction. Seema. All right, Melissa, let's take a look at shares of Visa. Very choppy trade in extended hours here. Growth in cross-border growth, a key metric, came in slightly lower than expected. And CEO Al Kelly on the call blaming the stronger dollar, but did emphasize that growth opportunities in Europe and digital payments in emerging markets will help fuel future profitability. In Latin America, we made a strategic investment in Yellow Pepper, a mobile payments pioneer in the region, to help accelerate innovation in digital payment technology. The initial focus will be growing tokenized payment opportunities, increasing access to our APIs, expanding the usage of, of push payments via user direct. Together, we're already working with more than 70 clients in the region. Analysts making the point that Visa has got more, pay, more than payments at play with investments in fintech companies Square, Klarna, and Stripe. James Freeman of Susquehanna, a market maker for Visa, says the new tax regime is also clearly helping Visa shares. Bernstein analysts say the key controversy this quarter will be whether Visa can narrow the performance gap versus MasterCard. Both credit card stocks are trading near all-time highs, and MasterCard does report earnings tomorrow. Meantime, PayPal shares falling 3% after hours. The payment process company issued weak third quarter guidance and it's worth noting that stock has also been on a tear setting a fresh all-time high earlier today Nomura saying it expects shares to be under pressure on the back of today's print Melissa all right Seema thank you let's trade these stocks and uh, as we've been talking about on the show MasterCard and Visa they've been monsters, monsters and we've been talking year. about them yeah. the secular change for I think a decade now on the show and we've effectively we've all been right on this the problem now with these both these names MasterCard and Visa in my opinion it comes down to valuation both are trading somewhere between 28 and 29 times forward earnings. And you could say they grow into their valuation, and that's been true, and their operating margins continue to be ridiculous in the form of 66.5%. Here's what would concern me, though. 
What does Amazon do? They look across the landscape and say, who has ridiculous operating margins? Oh, look at Visa and MasterCard. Where can we disrupt? You, you have to be concerned at some point if a company like Amazon would say, you know what, why don't we get into this? Now I'm not saying it's happening tomorrow. But when you see operating margins like that, you have a huge bullseye on your back. Still love both the names, but valuation has to be a concern. Well, if you're concerned about that for Visa or MasterCard, you have to be more concerned PayPal. about it with PayPal. PayPal because sure. when you think about it, they have 100 uh, million prime users. They have all the data they need just to put a pay with Amazon button. So that is an existential threat, I think, for PayPal. But I'll just mention this. This goes back to all of these stocks have just ripped. You know, PayPal was trading $86 Monday morning. It closed today near 92 bucks. So it's giving a lot of that back. And it's not too different than Facebook. These, guys, these stocks are now trading back at those prior breakouts levels. These are probably levels the stock should consolidate with the market at all-time highs. Would you rather rather? I love this game. Okay. Oh, He's a master of PayPal. I think I can understand this one. <laughs> PayPal. Um, and, and I agree with Dan that, you know, you could still consolidate a bit here, but I think Venmo, uh, I think their choice initiative, I think they're very much undervalued. I think their asset light here, and I, I would I'd stay in the name. I'd prefer Visa right now, but I like PayPal, and I like the... I didn't the, even ask you. Oh, oh well. So oh, I'm just kidding. Hey, Go ahead. Hey, 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 <laughs> anyway, but, but PayPal, what I do like what they're doing is, I like the acquisitions that they've made of late, and they've paid a couple of billion dollars to do this to expand themselves, but their multiple is far above what Visa and Master are right now. I think Visa is an opportunity. I think they do grow into that multiple, and that's why I think that's a better name. I always want to know what you that's think, Pete. No, I was I, just uh, joking. That's nice These payment that. stocks explore the nice possibility of going crypto. <laughs> what does it mean for Bitcoin, which has been surging this month? Blockchain Capital partner Spencer Bogart joins us now. Spencer, good to see you. So we're thinking about the MasterCard uh, announcement last week. Um, do you think this, is, this could be a, a major catalyst for crypto? <laughs> you know, I, I think that the way to fail in crypto is to think that IP and patents are going to be your path to success. I mean, in general, look, I think that any of the incumbents are going to have a hard time in the space. It's very difficult. It's a dynamic space that you need to be focused on. So I think it's a quintessential disruptive innovation that's, that's going to favor startups over kind of entrenched incumbents like MasterCard. I feel like the last time we spoke, Spencer, Bitcoin was like $1,000 lower, <laughs> or roughly. What do you make of this more recent- More than that. More than that. What do you make of this recent run, and do you think we've seen the lows in Bitcoin for the year? It's possible we've seen the lows. I'm definitely expecting to see new highs. I mean, listen, I think prior times when I've been on the show, I've said expect to see new lows before new highs. That low might already be in. Um, I think that there's- Bitcoin is kind of a tinderbox right now, waiting for reasons to go higher, whether that's- global currency wars, trade wars, um, whether it's an ETF approval, I think any number of catalysts could send Bitcoin exploding higher. You know, we had BK here yesterday, and he was talking about the biggest hurdles for Bitcoin, um, and that is this sort of notion that ETF approval is just around the corner when there are actually still a lot of issues surrounding ETFs, namely the custodial issue. Where do you see us in terms of the innings, where we are for ETF approval with the SEC? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think everybody's kind of reading tea leaves here to try and uh, anticipate what regulators are going to do. But my guess is sometime in 2019, I think that the SEC is going to be thoughtful and take some time. But listen, the cat's already out of the bag here. I mean, retail investors are already getting exposure to Bitcoin and crypto through companies like Coinbase. Institutional investors are already getting exposure to crypto via companies like Bitwise Asset Management and Coinbase. Um, and then meanwhile, Europe already has crypto ETPs. Right? So these things already exist on the market. That innovation is going elsewhere if the SEC doesn't kind of get on board soon. Hey, Spencer, it's Tim. By the way, it looks like it's a, it's a cold summer out there in San Fran. Take it easy. Um, you know, you, <laughs> ultimately, where do you guys care the most right now? You guys are allocating across uh, platforms, across tokens. What's the most exciting part of this space right now? You know what? The most exciting part of the space right now is actually in traditional equity startups, from my point of view. Um, there's been a lot of excitement around crypto, and that's pushed up valuations to levels that I, we've been relatively uncomfortable with as early stage investors. So we've shifted our focus considerably towards traditional equity investments, and we're finding great opportunities there. All right, Spencer, we're going to leave it there. Thanks a lot. Good to see you. Thanks so much. Spencer Bogart, Blockchain Capital. I think the headline that explodes uh -huh. the whole crypto universe is some sort of regulatory framework around custodians. So if institutions can actually get some clarity about how these assets are going to be held and how they can report them, yeah. it, it's lights out. I mean, that, that's the big one. Um, so, so why if, wait for that? Well, 
hey, listen, I mean, it, there's well, been the infrastructure growing. has to be built, well, right? I mean, so he just mentioned Coinbase is obviously the on-ramp for uh, for retail and also institutions. You know, Coinbase has made a bunch of announcements regarding this. They're prime custodian. They're trying to do this. Now they're waiting for the custodian, or excuse me, the regulatory framework. When that all happens, if it happens, he also mentioned that the SEC could actually I know, be I that. I'm just wondering why, if that's, if that's a certainty, which you not, I didn't say it's a certainty. No. I say when that happens. You're saying when that happens. Yeah. But you don't, so I don't wouldn't know. you want to jump in right now if that's effectively well, where you think it's I going? I mean, it just rallied from 5,500 to 8,300. It sounds like people are kind of, that. that's part of it. So he just timmed you, by the way. Well, that's Still ahead. Tim, like all night. Tim. All right. Oh, if you're just joining us, massive news after hours. Facebook plunging 17%. Biotech giant Gilead CEO just resigned. And Qualcomm says it will terminate its deal for NXP. We've got full team coverage. Your reporters are working those stories. We'll bring you the very latest. We're back right after this. Welcome back to Fast Money. Facebook getting crushed after hours. The stock is down nearly 18% right now. Let's get to Julia Borson in Los Angeles for the latest. Julia. Melissa, Facebook shares dipping even further on the company's financial outlook. This warning about slowing revenue growth from CFO David Weiner sending the stock plummeting. Take a listen. Uh, we don't have the soundbite, but here's what he said. He said our total revenue growth rates will continue to decelerate in the second half of 2018, and we expect our revenue growth rates to decline by high single-digit percentages from prior quarters sequentially in both Q3 and Q4. Now, Weiner then reiterated the company's guidance that 2018 total expenses will grow in the 50 to 60 percent range. He said looking beyond 2018, they anticipate total expense growth will exceed revenue growth in 2019. And he said over the next several years, we anticipate our operating margins will trend towards the mid 30s on a percentage basis that's much lower than the 44 percent operating margins the company reported this quarter. For context, Q1 had 46% operating margins. Q4 had 57% operating margins. So that's significant declines to operating margins in the future. Now, Mark Zuckerberg also talked about how the company's investments in protecting users and safety and security will impact margins. Here is Zuckerberg. We will continue to invest heavily in security and privacy because we have a responsibility to keep people safe. But as I've said on past calls, we're investing so much in security that it will significantly impact our profitability. We're starting to see that this quarter. But in addition to this, we also have a responsibility to keep building services that bring people closer together in new ways as well. Uh, Melissa, it'll be really interesting to see what the analyst reaction is after the call. Going into the call, we heard from a number of analysts who said they still feel like the fundamentals of the company are strong. There's been a lot of talk on the call about the strength of Instagram and this new number, 2.5 billion individuals who are using Facebook's different apps um, over the course of any one month. But right now we see Facebook shares are down 19.5%. So we'll see how much these warnings about revenue and margin uh, deceleration is going to be problematic uh, for, for analysts as they write their response to this. Back over to you. Julia, did they say why they're seeing such steep declines? Um, a lot of it is due to the investments in safety and security, as we heard um, from Zuckerberg in that, in that uh, soundbite there. Um, and it seems like they're talking about the importance of both investing in safety and security and also investing in innovation um, and how the combination of those two things is having this impact. The call is ongoing, so I'm going to jump back on it and see if we get more color on that. Right. But the analysts are right now asking their questions okay. and really wanting to understand what's behind that. It is worth noting, though, that back in Q3 of last mm -hmm. year, Zuckerberg talked about how the investments in safety and right. security would impact and pro impact profitability. And for a while, the company has been warning that they aren't going to be able to add as many um, ads to the newsfeed, and that would impact profitability. We hadn't really seen the impact from that yet, but that could be a factor playing into this as well. All right, Julia, thank oh. you. Um, Facebook shares after our session lows right now, the decline exceeding 20%. Uh, if we want to take a check on some of the other FANG stocks, we're seeing declines across the board, most notably in shares of Netflix and right. Amazon. Amazon has yet to report Google or face uh, Alphabet, I should say, is down by just about 1% right now. In terms of the explanation, increased spending, 
I understand how that impacts margins. But what about revenues? But how about revenues? Why yeah. are we seeing a revenue decline that has nothing to do with increased spending for, you know, It, it makes no sense that single-digit declines in revenues is extraordinary for a company that's boasting about $2.5 a base that should actually have network effects. So if you think about it, this is concerning. The delta on the expense growth is going to outstrip the delta on the revenue growth in 2019. And, and again, this whole security thing, just, you know, spending tons and tons of money on security doesn't even mean they're going to get it right. So, I mean, this is the thing to me. I think, I think the spend on security is a CYA. These guys have a lot of people that are all over them, and I'm not we, sure it, it, it's We CYA. don't know what the return on that spending is that's, is the problem. You know what I mean? Well, that's my point, though. <laughs> yeah. But we're going to spend, spend, and spend to show that we're hard well, after well, this on. problem. The return on the spend is lower revenues, right? So what are they doing? They're bouncing people off the platform. They're having less engagement because they're bouncing people off the platform. So that's why you're seeing They're this, making investments. This they're talking about well, investments. I know, but, Tim, think about it. If we just had these – we had data over the last couple of weeks that 10 percent of Facebook's accounts may be fake, and they're just bots creating activity, and that user rates or ad rates are being generated off that activity. I so that makes, explains well, revenues. Not, it doesn't not, explain I'm, expenses. I'm just saying, yeah. We're, I agree we'll with you. Both of them. You're talking about the revenue line. I think the expense line is something else, though. And again, my point is, I think they will spend, spend, spend because they have to because they're, you know, they they've made they've transgressed. But Dan makes a good point. But that also leads to the question of should we have should we re-rate this business entirely because oh. a certain percentage Tomorrow of its users? Be or, Mel, I mean, it's being re-rated right now. Forty-four buy rate. Hold on. Forty-four buy ratings, two holds, oh, and two sells. You're gonna see drop. like ten downgrades those tomorrow. Drop, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, but you also have to remember this is a company that saw their stock go from 200 to 150 from the highs in February to the lows in late March. And so, you know, their risk parameters have kind of been widened about what they're willing to say but about the it. Que the question that I had was, oh. when it's you a, look back, when you look back, do you have to think that a certain percentage of those DAUs that they had reported that on which we rated the company before were false? Right. Of course. But if you have yes. a cleaner Facebook now, is it better for them a year from now. In other words, okay. they're cleaning up their, their act now. They Listen, headcount was up 47% year over year. Yeah. You want an explanation in terms of expenses? Look at that line okay. right there. Facebook, to Pete's point earlier, I think everybody made this point. The, the verticals of Facebook haven't significantly changed. The stock is now, if you recall, this was a $175 stock pre-Cambridge Analytica. I know you have to go real quick. Traded down to 145 We've just basically retraced that entire move. It puts us back to basically early spring. So you, from perspective, it actually all sort of makes a little bit of sense now. By the way, we, we've erased the gains on Facebook for the year. Let's get back to Gene Munster from Loot Ventures. He's still uh, with us. He's been listening in on this call on the red phone. Gene, you there? Yes. So, yeah, okay. yes, I am. Uh, the, I, Melissa, I just want to walk through exactly. I can simplify what's going on here is that uh, this Three quarters, several in my interpretation is three. High single digits is eight. That means that there's a 24% deceleration in growth. They just did 42%. So if you extrapolate that, that means we're going to hit Q1 of 19, somewhere around 18% uh, growth. And the street right now is at 35% growth. So this is a measurable uh, re-rating of the, the growth rate. I suspect, given the numbers are going to be bigger a year from now, that that's probably the trajectory that analysts will have. So if we go out even looking at the 2020 numbers, the street was looking at 24% growth. That new number is probably going to be 13 to 17%. So uh, that kind of explains it at the core, I guess, why is this actually happening? Uh, that is still uh, not fully understood. Some of it's related to engagement. Some of it's related to yield and uh, advertising yield. Even with this guidance, Gene, are you comfortable that the company has a good handle of how much they will actually spend come the next quarter or how much revenues will continue to decline going into the back half of the year? Uh, this is an unprecedented guide down. So I think that uh, they are taking more probably of a measure than they need be. Uh, you know, maybe in fact it's not 18 percent, ends up being 22 percent. So to answer your question is I, I am comfortable that we're not going to have another issue next quarter where they ratchet down growth even more. I think they see what's happening with the engagement in business, and they're taking dramatic steps to reset expectations. And I think they're probably going slightly too far, but I think it still is representative of a new paradigm, a new view that the investors need to have about the growth rate of Facebook. This has got to be a historic decline that we're seeing in Facebook shares right now. It's down by 22 percent. Gene, what do you do with this stock down 22 percent? 
I think you need to let it settle out here. Uh, this, there's a good chance that they do, in fact, end up beating some of these lower numbers, but we shouldn't be having that conversation over the next couple months. I think you just stay on the sidelines, let the investor base process this, and visit us uh, where things are at in two months. Um, is this is this the uh, earnings out of Fang that that sinks the group? I mean, we saw Netflix that was traded like an idiosyncratic story in the after hour session. Though we're seeing, for instance, Amazon, which has yet to report, that's down two percent. Netflix is down two percent. Alphabet, which I'd already reported and had a, an A minus quarter, according to you, is down by more than one percent. I, I think you know the Fang is largely intact. I think that Facebook and Netflix are the are the less desirable of the FANG for a lot of reasons, not just what's going on today. Uh, but I think the substance of the FANG, Google and Apple and Amazon, they have such big growth opportunities ahead of them over the next uh, several years that I don't think that uh, there's anything that is going to fall apart with the, the FANG as the leader. Gene, this is Pina Jerry, and you talked about unprecedented guide down, and I totally agree with you. I mean, this was totally out of left field, and obviously the way the stock is reacting, that shows that. But you said you need to probably stay away for a while. How long is a while? How long do you have to stay away from a stock like this to let this sort of settle down? Is it a quarter? Is it less time than that? Is it more time than that? It's a quarter. I think, you know, I was talking about two months, two, three months, kind of this one quarter period. Uh, you may miss a, a bounce here. There's that risk. But I think the, the prudent approach here is let this kind of flush through all the analyst models and people kind of rebates. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of analysts come out tomorrow given this big drop and defend it and say this is a big buying opportunity and, and it's not down 22 percent tomorrow. But I think you just largely stay away for it for the next quarter. Hey, hey Gene, it's Tim. What about ad, you know, ad growth and certainly the advertisers, right? Six million advertisers, if you look across the entire platform. Where do, you know, they're going to wait for the metrics, I realize, but are they getting concerned here? Uh, we haven't seen, uh, even after all the issues three months ago, haven't seen uh, material advertisers leave the platform. So they've been uh, surprisingly, in my opinion, loyal to Facebook. And so uh, I, I think that there is, again, this piece around engagement uh, impacts revenue. And, and they're coming out with new formats with video and, and uh, the Instagram TV, but still that's not having a positive impact. So I think there's something more around that, that engagement. I do think that Facebook still largely has the support of advertisers, but, um, you know, we're, we're kind of figuring this out real time. Hey, hey Gene, it's Dan. Well, what about China? Last week, uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg told Kara Swisher of Recode that they are not going to be doing anything in China anytime soon. And then earlier in the week, we saw that they put in an application for a new venture in China, and they've already been bounced out of that. Is the timing of this kind of coincidental? Because if you think about it, China is just the most important market that they'll never get into unless they make some big headway. And that is really the only way this company can ever grow users again. That's exactly right. China is the biggest X factor. There's obviously messenger and whatsapp and what they can do but if you just think about we're talking about engagement that's the key topic today and we're on engagement china is absolutely the biggest variable it is something that most u.s tech companies with the exception of apple most u.s tech companies have not been successful in china uh, facebook's going to have to approach this with a partnership and a close hand with the government which i don't know culturally how that lines up um you know gene a lot of analysts, a lot of investors were just in awe of Facebook shares after that really steep bounce off the Cambridge Analytica lows. And here we are, we're about, what, uh, $15 or so away from those lows once again. Do you think we breached those? I don't think we get that low. I think we're going to probably get a little bit of bounce where the, the loyal uh, Facebook crew comes in defense tomorrow and says it's not that bad. Uh, but I think that in general, this is going to be range bound and I don't suspect we're going to get below those uh, those Cambridge Analytic dark day levels. Gene, uh, not Gene. <laughs> Gene, hold on. Why? What, what do you think we bre breach those lows? I think, if I remember right, it was 144. Is it 144? I see 140. Okay. I think right. it was 144, 145. I seem to recall, and I was one of the people on the desk that said it's going to languish around yep. these levels for quite some time. Okay. I never thought we'd get back up to 215, but here we are retracing the whole thing. Personally, I don't think we get back to those levels. I'm hard-pressed to believe we get there. I do think a cleaner Facebook is in everybody's best interest. But so many people piled in, and you see, stairs up, elevator down. This is a great example of that. I go to you as a Facebook holder. Yeah, frustrated what Facebook holder. What do you holder. do now if you believe, Gene, that the stock is going to be range-bound 
for now. What it, do you do with well, the stock? Well, it, it certainly could be. It's, it, it could be in this range. But I think Gene's brought up a couple of different times, though. You're probably going to see a few of the analysts come out somewhat defending themselves and saying why this stock's going to likely see some sort of a bounce of some sort, maybe. Um, I think there is opportunity. I am frustrated like everybody, though, because this kind of came out of left field. And, and Gene said himself, unprecedented guide down. This really was. This wasn't forecast at all in front of us that these issues and these, these revenue numbers were anything it, close to what they are. In terms of the stock, though, yeah. you hold on to it. What do you, do you sell call? I will, what like, do you do? I, will like, I, I will hold on to the stock. Obviously, the calls that I actually own in there as well are going to go to zero, and, yeah. and it's going to give me an opportunity to, to make decisions over time. I will be buy writing this okay. because I still think there's Selling something calls there. calls against your position. And as, as Gene was saying as well, they probably have overshot to the downside in terms of some of this guidance. And if that's the case, maybe we'll see some numbers in the future that are a little bit better than what we're talking about tonight. I, I think the overall impact for the market here, too, is when you think about Netflix and you think about Facebook here, I mean, these are stocks that, that really people believed no matter what and whatever valuation. And I realize different valuation story because Facebook, people can argue, was cheap. Although now suddenly, again, if you're growing at, you know, low single day or, you know, low teens um, with this price, I mean, it's not cheap at all. So it, it just, you know, the sentiment and the euphoria. Uh, and again, to me, Facebook, a company with still a lot of questions and not necessarily answers. I think the market needs to address the whole group. Here. You know, I actually think this says a lot about market sentiment. Every day on this program or every program, every hour on the hour, we talk about fang, 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 and it's like a cult following. And let me tell you something. This has been a PR train wreck for over six months. I mean, it's just every time Zuckerberg opened his mouth, it was one, like, just disaster after another, as recently as last week. So to me, the fact that investors bought this thing up to an all-time high in front of a print where they've been telling us for three quarters that expenses are going higher. They're hiring here. They know that they have this huge head They said going higher, but did, did we have any sense at all that when they were saying it's going higher, that it's going this high? Listen, Pete, I mean, this look is a at company the that just printed a 40% revenue growth year over year. I mean, right. it's stunning, okay? It's yep. astounding. Over $50 billion in expected sales this year. I, I mean, at some point, it had to cool out, right? Well, it was already going to cool. But we, there's we a difference between cooling next year. and dropping, right? No one believed it. No one believed well, it. And, and Gene, Gene just said Gene, that. I think the street was at a lower two thousand. Gene's still on the phone. Hey, Gene, do you feel like Facebook Look, should have warned? I mean, no, they didn't. I mean, they did everything they could. People were just uh, intoxicated just, here, and so they they just missed it. And I think uh, so. Facebook, uh, I think they did everything that they could. They told us last quarter this was going to have an impact on engagement. Uh, it just it was a very simple connect with dots that analysts needed to make and they didn't do that. Everybody everybody missed that warning. I mean, <laughs> unprecedented well, guy down. I this is an unprecedented it, miss on the part of Wall Street analysts. I think it I absolutely think it is as I looked at the numbers going into the print tonight. I I wasn't expecting this kind of reaction but was surprised that they were still looking for uh DAU and MAU growth as to the level that they were and so I think it is uh it's, it's an example of, uh, of of just group think around a story. And, I mean, I don't want to throw Facebook any more under the bus than we already have here, but I think that's exactly what happened. I don't think Facebook is to blame. I think uh, analysts and, and investors are to blame. Gene, you've been doing this a long time. Is there a read-through of the broader market? I mean, the NASDAQ is basically making all-time highs seemingly every single day. Do you take it that far, or is this Facebook-specific? Or does it not even matter at this point? I think it's Facebook. The other companies are going to be impacted by it just because they're all at the other fang stocks. They're at all-time highs, too. People are going to get nervous. But if you look at uh, other companies, like just take, for example, Apple and the amount of cash they're generating, about how much stock that they can buy, about the opportunities that they have in front of them, it's a very different story than Facebook, which is a social platform. I mean, there's companies like Apple and Google that are fundamentally changing the world. And so I, I think that uh, I think tech investors can rest easy that we're still decades more of growth to come. So, Gene, if investors are moving away from Facebook, is there another stock in your coverage universe that you think gains on the back of this? It's a no-brainer. It's Apple. This has been the one that uh, people are reluctantly liking. Most people, 75 percent, uh, MarketWatch reported, believe that Amazon will reach a trillion before Apple. And uh, they have this massive uh, buyback uh, that's going to be coming with this net cash neutral, stable iPhone business. I think even though it hasn't been a very exciting story, I think that the substance of investor gains are going to be in, in Apple of all places. 
Gene, thanks so much for your analysis and getting back on the phone quickly for us. We appreciate it. Gene Munster of Loot Ventures uh, on this decline in Facebook shares. Um, they're down by 24% still. Let's get back to Julia Borson. Julia, anything else out of that conference call? Yes. Well, some interesting commentary just now from Sheryl Sandberg about the shift from ads in the news feed to ads in stories. That was discussed as one factor that could potentially hamper growth. Um, she said that right now stories, monet stories ad monetization is not as strong as ads in the news feed. Um, and there's a question of whether at some point stories ads will make as much money for Facebook as those news feed ads are. She says there is a huge opportunity there because those ads are considered authentic um, and there's a big opportunity to grow. But um, and there's a huge potential for inventory there. But it's still too soon to say whether they'll be able to make um, as much money from those ads that are obviously um, so prominent in Instagram. Um, and just one other note here on GDPR, that uh, European privacy regulation, David Weiner, the CFO, saying it did not have a significant impact in Q2, partially because of when it went into effect. Um, there's only really one, uh, one month of impact on revenue. They say there do, they do think there are at least some mo uh, modest impact, but they do say that the vast majority um, of their users are still opting in to allow Facebook to use data um, and sort of their information to target them. So saying uh, that they they do expect there to be some impact from how um, advertisers use their own data for targeting, um, but uh, sort, of, sort of trying to walk through there the impact, the full impact of GDPR, which we'll see more um, in this next quarter. Back over to you. All right, Julia, thank you. Julia Borson uh, shares, as you see there, down by more than 23%. We've been talking about this unprecedented guy down, this massive decline in the shares. To put it in perspective, and this is thanks to the director of research over at Pension Partners, Charlie Bellello, um, the equivalent in market cap loss in Facebook is equivalent to the market caps of IBM, McDonald's, and Nike combined. That's how big this drop is. Yeah, it, look, it, it's massive. And again, this is an overweight stock and a very popular trade, as Dan's been pointing out in the FANG stocks. Um, Twitter, by the way, reports on, on Friday. And, you know, they've been trading alike in these kind of situations. At least people impute the same problems that they have with security or the lack of, you know, legitimacy of some of the underlying accounts. So watch that one. Um, I think, you know, bottom line here is there's a lot of people that are questioning how Facebook is spending money on a security. I know I am. I mean, I, I hear that they're spending a lot of money. I don't know what they're doing. And I'm not sure we know it's effective. Facebook loses. Gene Munster says Apple is the beneficiary of that money flowing out of Facebook. I think Do you agree? Would probably agree. I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, if that's the correlation, that's fine. I, in terms of loot, taking money out of Facebook and putting it, putting it in someplace Apple, else. I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else. Or you could say maybe people take money out of Fang and put it into banks, who the environment seems to be sort of clearing up now as well. I, I, I can't answer that. I will say the market is the ultimate arbiter, and Apple is down, I think, small now in the aftermarket. So maybe Gene is Well, listen, the thing to watch is Amazon tomorrow. Is there anything there? Did, did the price increase in Prime cause Prime users to decline? Did AWS margins nope. go down? I, I'm just saying, like, if, if all right. these things were to happen, and you said Amazon could start steamrolling lower, and then the whole thing trade's done for a while. I know Google had amazing earnings, that sort of thing, but uh, to me, that's the real big one to watch tomorrow. Keys, by the way, are down 2% in the after-hour session on the back of this massive guy down from Facebook and the fallout impact on Fang as a complex. Show of hands here, guys. Who would buy Facebook on a 23% decline that we're seeing? Show of hands. I think they Nobody. I know, well, no, in a time frame, I think the, it's right back to where we were before the Cambridge Analytica thing. So I think this is an interesting Here's level. a freebie yeah. OA for you. Options action. You sell the 150 put out in September or something. If you want to get long it, that's the way you do it. That was the low in the Cambridge this Analytica. This is both sides of their balance sheet, folks. Uh, you know. All right. That does it for us here on Fast. Uh, keep watching CNBC for more on this story. And certainly tomorrow morning, Facebook shares down 23%. Mad Money starts right now.